Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 51 of Grace in Progress. My name is Brianna Leach. I'm a wife, a mom of three, and a licensed counselor. And currently, I love tunic sweatshirts and sushi to go. And I firmly believe that if you woke up this morning, then you have a purpose. The goal of this podcast is to create a safe space for you to learn more about yourself, take small steps to be the person you were created to be, and give yourself lots and lots of grace along the way. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so excited you're listening. And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're enjoying the episodes and have learned something or applied something from what you've listened to in the past, I would love to hear from you or if you would share an episode or tag me on social media at Brianna Leach LPC. It would just help me know what topics you're really resonating with or what you'd love to hear more of. And really, that's part of what today's episode is about. Once a month moving forward, I'm going to do a Q&A episode where I take questions that have been submitted by you on social media or through email, and I'm going to answer them through my counselor lens and also my personal experience. Today, I picked two that are very similar in the heart behind it, and it's all about protecting our children. The first question is, how do you not let everything you hear or deal with at work affect you after you leave? And the second question was, how do you talk to your children about the news and all the things going on in the world? So I paired these together because just by reading them, the intent is caring for and protecting your children. And these are both excellent questions. I'm going to dive into the first one, which is all about keeping work at work or keeping things you're exposed to during your work day from permeating into your evening, because most likely it's stressful. Most likely it's not um, kid friendly. Most likely it's something just by the wording of this question, it's something that is not full of peace and you don't want to bring it into your evening. This is something you're trained extensively on when you want to become a counselor or really in any helping profession. How do we not bring it all home with us? How do you not take the weight of some of the things we experience or listen to and bring it home? And short answer, it's not always possible to completely detach yourself. We're still humans. We have emotions. We think about things after the fact. Yes, your counselor thinks about you and your situation after your session's done. But for the sake of this question, I think step one is picturing in your mind, what is that ideal transition home? What does that look like? Or when you head to pick up your kids at school, it's kind of like the magic question. If you could paint me a perfect evening in your home after a day of work, what does that look like? That will at least create a baseline of what your expectations are for your evenings or for your time after work. So if your expectation is, I'm a happy mom, I am not stressed, I am happy to have dinner with my family or whatever that might look like, just naming that, that's step one. And then second, identify what you're currently doing to cope with this stress, with whatever information you're getting at work, whether it be work-related stress or the political climate or the pandemic or any kind of stressor, most likely there are multiple contributors, but how are you currently coping with that stress? Do you mentally close out your day for work? 
and then shift into your evening. How do you view your days? Is it all nonstop as far as I work in the evenings, I work in the mornings, it's come and go with so many people working from home right now. That's the reality. I answer the phone because it's me scheduling a dentist appointment, but then I go right back to responding to emails because I currently work from home and have everything going on at once. From the sound of this question, it could be something new during this season of life that you don't like how you're coping or maybe there is no coping. And so that's why this question was presented of how do I not bring it home? How do I not transfer the stress or the frustration or the burning the candle at both ends to my children who did not contribute to that? I think this parent is already a fabulous parent just for caring enough to notice and to realize I don't want to bring this home. I don't want to put displaced anger on my children or displaced stress. And that's the sign of a wonderful parent. So think about what your expectations are. What are you currently doing? And then what needs to change? When it comes to mentally clocking out of your job, it's more than just a commute. Some people don't have commutes right now because you're working from home. But when I use the word commute, I mean, what is the transition from work back to home life, even if it's in the same location. You have to create almost a ritual or routine at the end of the day to close up shop. And you might think, I can't add one more thing to my day, but this can be done in five minutes or less. When I did in-home counseling, I had about 15 minutes in between each client and I would be driving to the next house. And I had to do this over and over. I had to close the browsers in my mind from one session to be prepared for the next one. And the same is true at the end of your workday. You might be closing physical internet browsers, but you also need to be closing those browsers in your mind. This is where my good old buddy self-care comes into play. What is something you can do in five minutes or less that makes you feel fully you? I'm talking a left turn, totally getting off the course that you were on for your workday in order to transition into a more peaceful evening and what your heart is really desiring. Maybe that's going for a walk, giving yourself five extra minutes to get outside, take some deep breaths, take a walk maybe, or if you're in your car, get some fresh air, roll down the windows, listen to a podcast like you're already doing. This is not the time of day I would recommend calling anyone because Sometimes that can be a roll of the dice and actually add more to your stress if if you catch someone at a bad time. But this is time to center yourself, to really switch gears because that picture you painted at the beginning of what your expectations are, that's what matters to you. That's what's important. That is your end goal. So when you keep that in the front of your mind, knowing I'm taking the necessary steps to create a peaceful evening in my home or create a peaceful evening of running errands or sports or whatever you have. And then once you've done the mental browser closing, this continues once you get home. Set some firm rules for yourself on screen time of work-related activities. So I'm not saying no TV in the evenings, but are you checking emails during the evening? Are you texting or maybe even getting on social media that's related to your work and that is just perpetuating the stress throughout the evening. If you can set even just, you know, let's say five to seven or whenever, two hour block of no phones, I'm putting them away, 
let your family know or let people outside of the home know you're not going to be able to reach me during this time because just like an important meeting during the day, I have blocked off this time just for my family and just so I'm not bringing home extra stress. And then the one tip that I've always had to employ as a counselor for not letting stress from work bleed into other parts of my day, you know when it starts? When I go to bed the night before. If I get a good night's rest and eat healthy food throughout the day, my capacity to handle stress and to be able to cope with it in a healthy way in real time is off the charts. For some reason, I'm just a much happier person when I get more rest. And the same would probably apply to your situation. When we don't take care of our basic needs, everything else topples over much more easily. So to sum up the long answer to how do I not let the things I hear or experience at work affect me after the day is to first name your expectations. What does me not bringing all of this home look like? Secondly, what are you currently doing? What am I already doing to get rid of some stress? Third would be what changes need to be made? Can I implement an end of the day routine or tradition or some sort of signal to your body and to your mind that the workday is ending and I'm transitioning to a different phase of my day? And then finally, am I taking care of my basic needs? Am I getting the sleep that I need? Am I eating healthy? Am I laying a good foundation for being able to balance extra stress and extra information on my plate? And I want to add one last caveat for this question because as a counselor, when we deal with some really heartbreaking, earth-shattering, just interesting information, it's not something I can just close out of quickly. For anyone asking this question in your own life, part of how you're currently coping or something you need to implement might be having another colleague or someone who's in a similar role to process some of this with. This is like deep emotional water cooler talk, but having an outlet, whether it be a professional that you pay to see or someone that's trusted that you know you can process this with without judgment, it's important to have that on standby for days where it's just much bigger than closing a browser. It's much bigger than going for a walk. It's, I am going to come to tears if I don't put this somewhere emotionally. So I wanted to add that in there as well. And for the person who submitted it, I hope that answered that question. If you need more clarification or if I went a totally different direction than you intended, let me know, please. So the second question was, how do I talk to my kids about the news and about the hate that's in the world right now? And this question is one that is on many of our minds because we don't even know how to talk about it with ourselves probably. And again, to this person, you are already a fantastic parent. If you are willing to tackle some big issues and want to discuss this with your children, wonderful. Much like the last question, my first step always is, what is the goal? What is the expectation? You presenting information, the news, talking about hate in the world, whether it be race relations or politics or any other difficult topic, what is your goal? Is your goal to inform your children 
because you don't want them, maybe they're older, you don't want them to seem like they, you know, live in a world that's all butterflies and rainbows, is your intention to get to them first before someone else maybe tells them or another news source maybe points them in a certain direction. I'm not sure what maybe your goal is, but naming that is going to be step one. So if my goal is to share news going on in the world with my children so that I can kind of set the tone first, that's admirable. I totally understand that. I operate in a very similar way. Knowing your goal before you do anything else is foundational. It's the why behind the what. And when you get into the actual mechanics of it, it's going to look different at every age. There may be times where information does not need to be shared with your children. Yes, kids are highly resilient and they have a large capacity to love and overlook wrongs, but it goes back to what is your reasoning behind this? Is this something they absolutely need to know? And is there a way that is age appropriate that you can share this? You would be surprised at how many resources there are out there for school-age children and even preschoolers up to high school and college that put it in their terms. I can link to some of these in the show notes, and there's not necessarily one that's better than the other. It will be different depending on the age of your children, but I want you to remember that you are the gatekeeper of the information that your children receive on a daily basis. Sure, if they go to school somewhere, they're going to hear other things, or they might even hear things from friends. But at the end of the day, you're who they come home to. You are who they process these big moments, these big emotions with. And that's what I hope your takeaway is from this answer. So realizing what your expectations are, what your motivation is to share this information with your child is step one. But in order to be a source of trust and information for your child, you want to have that foundation of safety and talking about other things where they know when they come to you, this is a trusted news source. This is someone who has my best interest at heart, and they're only going to let me know what I absolutely need to know. I'm not saying you should purposely keep your children in the dark. They need to know maybe the Cliff's Notes version of things. Maybe I'm dating myself by saying that, but the bullet points of the news that you're wanting to share, they don't need to know all the details. Their minds really can't handle it at this at a young age. Even at 18 to 22, their brains are still forming. So share what you need to share. Do it in a calm, peaceful setting, whether that be at the dinner table or sitting together or maybe even before bed. But the one thing I would recommend is it's face-to-face. It's not a car ride conversation because so many things can get lost in translation, whether it be the background noise or they're not really paying attention. But these are face-to-face moments when we talk about major things going on in our world, things that are clearly affecting your heart enough to want to ask this question. And again, I applaud this parent because they're willing to do the work. They're willing to talk about the tough things so that they can help shape their children towards the world. So to sum that answer up, identify your motivation for sharing the news. Be concise about what your child needs to know. They don't need to know everything. And is there a resource or a way to present it in an age-appropriate manner? And finally, do it in a peaceful setting. When we get riled up, sometimes we say things we don't mean, and we might paint a different picture than we're hoping to convey on a topic. Do it face-to-face. 
when you can build trust with your child, show them that you care enough about them to talk about the big issues. And that builds trust because they know that they can come to you in those moments and they won't necessarily be met with a flash in the pan response. And at every age, that builds trust, knowing that their adult will hear them out, will work through the hard things with them without judgment. I hope this answered the question for the person who submitted it. Again, if it was totally off track, let me know. I'll do my best to remedy that. But my goal is to share my professional and personal experience on these topics, and I hope it was helpful. If you have a question of your own, I would love to hear from you. I am kind of gathering them each month, stockpiling, picking ones that are related. You could tell the ones today. They are wonderful, caring parents who want to do what's best for their kids, want to protect their children, want to make their home a peaceful place. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. And as always, you've got this and I'm cheering you on. See you next week.